Hey everyone, welcome back to the Rock Church podcast here at the Rock Church in Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. This is Pastor Shane Beeson, and I'm a, we're going to go around the room and introduce all who's here with us today. Uh, my name is Tyson Lambertson. Glad to be here. My name is Pastor Jacob Krotzenberg. Pastor Jaime Gonzalez. And Michael Erdman, here with you truly. It's good to have you guys all together today. Uh, it's been a great time in this series uh, titled Pneumatology, and we're going to dig into last week's message. Uh, the message of last week was titled Baptism in the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to read out our key verse from that message. It was out of Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. It says, uh, this is uh, John the Baptist talking. He says, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He, meaning Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, um, immediately, I, I think over to you, Pastor Jaime, and some of the great questions that have been coming in through the youth group. And I know you have one to kick us off today. Let's get into that question and we'll dig into it. Yeah, thanks, Shane. Um, the question that one of the students had was, what does it mean to be baptized with the Holy Spirit? And how is that similar or different from water baptism? That's a great question. Uh, and I think a lot of uh, Christians get it all discombobulated in their mind. And really, it's simple. Uh, it's language that John the Baptist used. And so I want to dive down into that for just a second, because there is a difference. There's uh, differences, and we'll talk about the word baptism uh, in, a, in a bit. But I want to make a distinction that salvation is separate from water baptism and separate from the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Salvation is through Jesus alone. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. The Bible says, He who knew no sin became sin so that we could become in right standing. And Romans tells us, that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ died and rose again, we shall be saved. Mm. Now, there's a caveat here because it's the Holy Spirit that draws you to Jesus, not a fancy pastor or not a fancy discipleship program, curriculum. All those can be used by the Holy Spirit, but it's the Holy Spirit that draws you to Jesus. And salvation is really... Uh, saying, Jesus, I believe in you, and I want to follow you. So salvation is the starting point for all of this to take place. The Bible is very clear. Repent and then be baptized, talking about John's baptism, the baptism of water. But there's more with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So there are three separate things, but salvation is the linchpin. You're not saved through water baptism, and you're not saved through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You're saved by Jesus Christ and him alone. Yeah, by grace, through, through faith, faith, the scripture says. And, um, and I'll stir it up just a little bit because baptism, you know, that's really um, a common word maybe in the church world, um, maybe for us, but it's not a super common wor word uh, in worldview as a whole. Uh, it's, it actually comes derived from a Greek word, and we throw it around a lot in Christian circles, but a lot of people don't understand that. And maybe what that can cause is an, 
misunderstanding and overemphasize of what that word is. And so I, I'd like to just really simplify it today and say that that is immersion. So when somebody says baptism, it means to be fully immersed. Um, somebody once told me, they use a great analogy, it's like a sunken ship at the bottom of the ocean. It's like it's uh, around you, in you, totally encompassing you. It means you're completely utterly saturated. And just like what we do in water baptism, when we dunk somebody completely under the water, and we know all the various things that that signifies, but they are actually going into the water fully and coming back up. And in the same way, we're talking about that with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is it is being baptized, immersed with the Holy Spirit and fire, just like the scripture says. Yes. So you have water baptism, and you have baptism with the Holy Spirit. Water baptism, Mike, immersion. Water baptism is something that uh, is done by human. It's done by the the hands of man, and that's a huge difference right there in and of itself because, as you said, the Holy Spirit is, you're baptized with the Holy Spirit by Jesus. And so... But it's, it's, and again, it's not salvation. It's be saved and then be baptized. And there's so many examples in the Bible of salvation coming before baptism. It wasn't ever dependent on being baptized to be saved. It's really that step to the public that says, I am all in for Jesus. I am all in. I am following him. I'm one of his disciples. I am transformed into a new creation. I am repenting from my old ways and being raised to life in a new, uh, the new walk of myself that he has given me. And I'm telling everybody that is here to see this today of my decision to follow Christ. Jesus tells us, go and make disciples and then baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, the difference, one, is it's, it's done by man. It's not done by God. It's our sign of following Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is done by Jesus. And what I love about water baptism is that powerful public declaration and proclamation of what has happened with you and in you um, for salvation. And that is a very powerful thing. I want to encourage anybody who's listening, if you've never received uh, a full baptism in water, mm. the immersion of water in front of your peers, in front of your church family, you need to do that. It is, it's an incredible experience. And um, what the cool thing is that we're talking about today, it's not the only experience you have with God. So let's dig into baptism with the Holy Spirit. Guys, give me some thoughts on baptism with the Holy Spirit. Can I back up just a second? Because the importance of water baptism is found with Jesus. Mm-hmm. John the Baptist mm-hmm. baptized Jesus with water, full immersion in the Jordan River. And when you go to Israel, uh, I'll take you to a place that was close to where Jesus was baptized. Uh, obviously, we're 2,000 years later, so it's changed a little bit. But you get the idea. You get the encompassing. And then, and then what you see is that Jesus was baptized with water. He come out of the water and a dove descended upon him, which represented the Holy Spirit. And I want to make this case because so often we read the Gospels and we just read through it really fast. But in all four Gospels, Mm -hmm. 
in all four Gospels, which is important. When it's in the Gospels, it's important. Four times, you don't find much in the Gospels that all correlate four times. But this, I've baptized you with water, but he, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The key words is with the Holy Spirit. These are John's words. John coined the term to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So again, you have salvation. You have water baptism. It all starts with salvation, yep. accepting Christ mm-hmm. as your Savior. The first step of obedience is to be water baptized. And then, if not before, but it, then I encourage and implore Christians to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Tell us what that's about. Tell hey, us real tell quick, us all that. though. Like, just I just want to get clear. We have the Holy Spirit, though, right? When we when we have salvation, when we say yes to Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit. One hundred percent. He indwells in you. I mean, He's the one that drew you to Christ. Mm. So He, and then when you give your heart to Christ, He dwells within you. So He's with you. And but there's this next phase, this empowering phase of he wants to now immerse you with his presence, immerse mm. you with his power, immerse you with gifts to to benefit his kingdom, not for our glory, but for his glory. Maybe, mm. and maybe I can say it this way. And this, I think what I was trying to get to with the word baptism, we can overcomplicate that word. And so I wrote this down and I just said, baptism isn't meant to be a description of the, or baptism is meant to be a description of the experience, not just the experience itself. Um, we need to not put God in a box. Mm-hmm. So we, we often try and box things, even with the word baptism. Well, what does that mean or not mean? Or, well, simply speaking, it's immersion, but yes, you have the Holy Spirit. The immersion with the Holy Spirit is something that's clearly laid out to us in scripture as um, another level of intimacy or a growth experience in the Lord um, of something we get to encounter as believers and um, it's a powerful experience. We talked about this last time, but what is it for? Well, it's, it's, it, it's for intimacy with God. It's for gifts unto mission. I think ultimately it has to do with participating with the kingdom of God and in that mission. Now, I don't want to go too far. We'll back up. But again, I just want to emphasize, I think that's, that misunderstanding can often come just from misunderstanding the word baptism. All we're talking about is an immersion experience with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes even that word immersion might not be the feeling people have, but yet what we're trying to identify is this experience with the Spirit of God. Um, And that's why we have that word. Well, it's it's a baptism. That's Mm. what uh, John says. It's a type of baptism. It's an immersion. I don't know if that would help people. I just think we can can overcomplicate the word and the word creates a box around God. And then we think baptism in the Holy spirit with the Holy spirit is like a really specific, uh, encounter when everybody, when they describe their experience with the baptism, with the Holy spirit, everybody's is a little bit different. It's not the same thing Mm -hmm. for everybody. Yeah. Which is cool. Cause then it kind of like, it doesn't just stop at salvation. It doesn't just stop at water baptism you know, there's so much more for us. And so oh, no, absolutely I, I know not. we're going to dig into that. And I, uh, one of the things I appreciate about, about our conversation with all of this is that when you get into what these different words mean and how we experience them. So first of all, salvation, it's like initiating the relationship between 
the person between the sinner and God. And then in the water baptism, we're commanded to do that. But now in public, we are among members of a family of God. And then with the baptism with the Holy Spirit, it's this sequential process that now has empowered us to live on, live and work on mission. Well said. Yeah. I really like the way you said that. It's a, it's a movement. Mm, Right. Movement. Yeah. And I, I, you see the movement in Acts chapter eight, Right, Uh, Acts chapter eight, starting in verse five, ending around verse 17. uh, You see this movement take place upon the believers there. And it says in verse 17, then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers and they received the Holy Spirit. And so we know it's a, a subsequent event to salvation and water baptism. And we know that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or sorry, the baptism with the Holy Spirit can happen at any time after salvation. This is what I love about he, We can't put him in a box because he wants to show up. And so often uh, people are hungry for uh, something we'll talk about in the next few weeks, the the gift of tongues, but there's so many other gifts, prophecy, discernment, uh, words of knowledge, words of healing, uh, or sorry, healing, gifts of healing. You have all these different gifts, plethora of gifts that God wants to impart in us, not for our benefit, but for his. And then what I see in Acts chapter 19 and other places, when the Holy Spirit comes upon people, they do begin to speak in tongues and they do prophesy. And we're going we're gonna to tackle that in a few weeks because so often it's such a scary thing, and it's, it's weird, and so people just stay away from it. But yet it's in Scripture, and it's a gift. And I want you to know that when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, He wants to give you gifts. Who doesn't want a gift from God? Mm. I mean, it's mm. the best gift. Yeah. And so I think it would be cool to hear your experiences when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. Mm. I know for me it was... The first time when I was younger, I was at a church camp, and I was very actively seeking specifically the gift of tongues back when we were younger. Um, But I can remember standing there and just pleading with God to pour out His Spirit, just praying and being uh, hands laid upon me by the leaders that were there. And when the Holy Spirit fell on me, it it was just heavy, and I can remember just almost like a, a blanket that that was covering my entire body head to toe. And there was a peace, and everything went quiet. And it was loud. There was lots of kids at this camp. There was lots of noise. There was music going. And all of a sudden, it just got quiet. And it was like I could hear things I never was able to Like, you just didn't expect to hear it. And it was in that moment, and I, I began to speak in tongues, and I'm like, what is this? What is this? This is awesome. What is this weird thing coming out of my mouth? But what really stands out to me about that is I very distinctly heard him say, you will be in ministry. That was my call. He, and, and I had my own uh, interpretation of where that meant, and, and years down the road, we can go down that later. But I know in that moment when I was baptized, that he spoke very clearly. And I started to have that relationship, that understanding of his voice, of how he was speaking to me, of when he was talking to me. And the connection has been there ever since. I love that you mentioned that, is what was the byproduct of baptism with the Holy Spirit? I mentioned it in a previous podcast. I'll go super quick. But for me, the experience was like, 
white, pure lightning fire. It was like bright white. Like I had my, I'll, I'll, I'll say it this way. It's hard to describe these supernatural <laughs> experiences, but my eyes were closed, but all I could see it was white. I could see, you know how when your eyes are closed, it's dark, the backsides of your lids. I could see just bright white and that's all I could see. And, um, uh, for me, the byproduct was of that was a, it was a supercharged relationship with God. Like I had no idea my passion for God and my relationship with God could be like what it became after that moment. And so that was kind of the experience and then what happened after for me. Somebody else jump in and share. Yeah, I'll talk about my experience. So uh, I grew up in a church that did not really have vocabulary around baptism with the Holy Spirit. And so it was it was a very foreign concept to me. Uh, when I was in college, I remember very clearly receiving a call to ministry from God. and But that wasn't the moment that I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. That came about seven months later. Um, I was at a prayer breakfast with a bunch of men from my church. We were at a four-square church, and I, I knew that we were Pentecostal in nature, but I still didn't really understand what that meant. Um, so we go into this prayer breakfast with a bunch of men, and uh, whoever's leading it is saying like, hey, everyone just start to pray in your, in your own tongue, in your own language. And I hear all this, and I'm kind of just like sitting there taking it in. And I said, God, like I know they're speaking to you right now. I, I feel the power of their prayer right now. Um, but I don't have that. Like th- This is something that I desire. Will you give this to me? And then I remember, I, this is the first time I can clearly remember being filled with the Holy Spirit, because at that moment, I closed my eyes, and like the sounds remained, but I had no... Uh, no senses of the the room around me, the people around me, and I just started to speak in tongues, and it was just my tongue, the men around me, and God. And it, it was really cool to only be able to perceive our communication with God in that way. And I asked for it, and He just gave it to me right there. That's so really cool. cool. Uh, it has a little bit. It it it's a little bit similar in that sense to Mike, as far as the surroundings and the and the. Yeah, the otherworldly experience. I I want to keep on this for a second because you tapped into something, Jacob, that I think others listening might want to know. How does one get baptized with the Holy Spirit? If you're if we have listeners out there right now that are like, hey, you're talking about this, I'm getting stirred up right now. What do I do? Yeah. I think the biggest thing uh is one, make sure that your heart is right with God. And then ask. Mm-hmm. This is where the confusion comes because we don't talk about it clearly. It's not scary. It's not weird. In fact, I shared on Sunday a story about Dwight Moody uh, having a encounter with the Lord on Wall Street, and the joy of the Lord saturated him that he said, "Lord, would you temporarily remove temporarily remove this from me so I don't die of joy?" He was so joyous. And so there's different times I've heard people uh, say, Lord, I'm seeking you, I want this, and they've never received the gift of speaking in tongues. Uh, but don't limit it to that. Mm-hmm. That's a strong evidence. I think Paul is right when he says, I wish all of that you spoke in tongues, because it gives you, it gives you a prayer language that you can take with you wherever you're at, and the Holy Spirit's the only one that can interpret that. 
But I think ask, and I think make yourself available. Uh, I think those two things, three things, repent, make sure your heart's right with Christ, ask him for it, and then be available. And all of a sudden, things take place in such a marvelous way. Hmm. That is so good. Do you have your experience? Absolutely. I mean, I'm somebody that has went through the ringer, I feel like, in my faith and salvation. And seven years ago, the big one for me was reestablishing what my relationship with Jesus even looked like. And once I figured out truly what that was, it was that it's not working for him. It's truly just surrendering and repenting and knowing that I'm loved and receiving that free grace. Then it's a journey from there. I knew, I knew I had the Holy Spirit and I knew I had a heart for mission. But one thing that I've learned during this series is that there's more. There's more that God desires in that relationship with me. And that's something that we we're talking about youth last night. We don't have to be content in what's going on or where our relationship is with God. He desires so much more and we can ask. And asking comes in those gifts so that we can be stronger to live this life. When one of my favorite quotes is by Arun McManus. And he says, Jesus didn't come to make this life easier. He came to help us to get stronger to live this life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we sometimes just quit at saying yes to Jesus. That's it. And we don't ask for more. And there's more. And we clearly see it in God's word. Yeah. Can I, I, I want to jump in really quick and just recap on what we just said. So if somebody's listening right now, um, there is no perfect formula for this whole thing. The only thing you must do is ask. Mm-hmm. And um, that's like the main thing. And then uh, obey God. Um, I think of something, when you think of the book of Acts, and you think of people receiving the baptism with the Holy Spirit, they all have different stories. They have all have different journeys and ways that that's happened. I do want to propose the thought of waiting. Um, they, you know, Jesus told his disciples to wait. And there's another word, a Christ, more Christian-based uh, word called to tarry, which is uh, to wait in that expectant hope, yearning for um, for that thing. And I, I, I fear that we live in a culture that's less and less okay with waiting. And so just the slightest bit of waiting and people give up almost immediately. And um, maybe we can talk about that a little bit because I think there's, you must ask, Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit and we need to wait. That might happen right away. That might happen down the road. But again, we want to encourage people to ask, seek and knock just like Jesus said to do. Anybody want to jump in yeah, on all those, waiting? All those are great. I think that is... That is so important that sometimes we get impatient and then we get frustrated. And then our minds think, well, what did I do? Why? Yep. You know? hmm. And so there's, there's all of that. I, I do think there's uh, something to be said about in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 10 about a corporate gathering where the Holy Spirit comes up on the corporate yes. gathering and he pours out his spirit. And in that, I want to make this clear, in that I don't want to put God in a box hmm. and things can... Things can take place where people have joy, people are weeping, people are shouting, people are dancing, people are speaking. All these things can take place, uh, and there's a time and place for that. I absolutely believe in the power of the Holy Spirit uh, to take over a corporate gathering. Secondly, there's this laying on of hands, this private time in Acts chapter 8 and Acts chapter 19, 
where they were laid hands, uh, they were prayed for by laying on of hands and anointing with oil, and mm. they received the baptism with the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues and prophecy. So the two main gifts that you see come up today are speaking in tongues and prophecy, or in Acts, sorry, or speaking in tongues and prophecy. There's a plethora more, but the two gifts that God wants to give us to empower us are the two gifts that are the most under attack. Mm-hmm. And I think Satan has done a great job of just really confusing all of that. It's nothing to be scared of. It's something powerful. I'll tell you this, and then we'll we'll move on. When I was about nine years old, I was at a Baptist church camp, and I experienced uh, what I now know was the baptism with the Holy Spirit at a Baptist church camp. They didn't even talk about it. I didn't know what it was at the time. <laughs> But I went to the altar, and I was weeping, and I had snot everywhere. And the lady, the poor lady said, do you need to give your heart to Christ? No, I've already done that. Do you need, are you sure you're saved? Yes, I've asked Christ into my heart. Uh, when did you do that? When I was five or six. I, I've done it multiple times. And what I've seen uh, is that we can't explain it, mm. that God shows up in people's lives at different times. And then later on, I was at a, uh, a camp at, uh, in the mountains, and I was taught in a very genuine way that God wants to baptize me with the gift of speaking in tongues, and he did it when I asked. And then, as I grew older and in m- more mature, prophecy started to happen, and then the gifts of discernment, and I'm longing for more gifts because it's not about me, it's about him, and I want his power to work through me. And so this never, this never stops for us. It's mm-hmm. not like you, and, and there are seasons of where one gift's stronger than the other. So it's very, very powerful. And I, I, I want people to experience this. Mm. I love how you mentioned that. And we'll, we'll segue uh, into closing this based off that for a very specific reason. But I love that you talked about the, a gift you received with the baptism with the Holy Spirit, but that you sought more gifts and you you were given them as a gift. And um, we want to encourage people out there. That is part of the process. Paul even talks about that in his letters to the Corinthians of going, hey, seek the gifts. Um, And um, we want to invite you. So this coming Sunday, this number five uh, sermon in pneumatology is going to be on the gifts. Um, Pastor Mike, can you just talk about that a little bit? You're going to be preaching, bringing the word uh, this weekend. Tell us about that and send us out with a prayer or a blessing today. So it's been uh, really heavy. We talked a little bit yesterday about it, but the gifts are for the mission of the kingdom of God to go out and proclaim the gospel with power. And Jesus gives us that authority. And with the power of the Holy Spirit in us and working through us, we're able to go and combat the evil that is in this world directly with the power of God, with the power of his spirit uh, directly affecting the the darkness that is out there. And so, excuse me, we're going to really hopefully dive into what it means to seek the gifts, why we need to seek the gifts, and whose benefit, uh, who benefits from us receiving these gifts. Because I can tell you right now, it's not our benefit that we're seeking out. So I hope you join us. It's going to be an awesome Sunday with some more ministry time, some more um, prayer for the Holy Spirit. We are asking that everybody would come. But I would love to send you out with this 
that you may be blessed, that you may experience God in a new way, even today, wherever you are, and that he would keep his face upon you. God bless. Amen. Amen.